Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Today, uh, we're going to talk about some different things. I'm not going to give it all away, but we're going to be in, I'm going to be in John 15 and a little bit of 16. And uh, I'm going to try to make some sense out of this stuff. We'll see what we can do. Um, So here's Jesus and he's talking to his disciples. And um, he goes, I command you to love each other in the same way that I love you. Here is how to measure it. The greatest love is shown when people lay down their lives for their friends. Obviously, this was kind of the foreshadowing. You are my friends if you obey me. Now, that seems a little bit weird. Would you say that? Paolo, you're my friend as long as you obey me. (laughs) Paolo, our friend Paolo's here who puts up everything, all the posts, all the services online for us and has been doing that for years and I didn't know where I'd be without him. He went to Italy for like a month or something, two months and four months. It was a living hell. It was a living hell. Karen was putting up sermons for me. (laughs) Almost destroyed my marriage. So you're taking your computer to Italy next time. Um, If you obey me, if you love me, you'll take the computer too. Italy. Um, no, I'm going to go on to read it because maybe we can make some, some more sense out of that. I no longer call you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. Now you are my friends, and since I have told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that will last and that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. I command you to love each other. Oh, okay. So when you obey me, he's saying love each other. That's the issue there. You you belong to me, you will love each other. If you love me, you'll obey me. By obeying me, he means if you love me, you will love each other. Um, Same message we hear here almost every week. Pretty much the basic message of the Bible. Love God with all your heart. Neighbor as yourself. Equally as important. That's the crux of things. That's often the fly in the ointment for me. And I guess what I mean is that's what keeps me around. I had somebody write me the other day, and I haven't gotten back to them yet. But, you know, ask me why I still believe in this stuff um, when I have such an open mind and seem to be so intelligent and so nice and everything, And which was great. I'm like, they're saying all this wonderful stuff, but I'm like, you're also saying this because of what I talk about, and I talk about what I talk about because I kind of believe in what I believe, and sometimes I don't believe in it, and I'm willing to admit that and give that doubt and uncertainty in there. And So, you know, I don't know why I have to give it all up. Maybe one day, but not today is not that day. I like this idea of I'm commanded to love each other. Um, loving your neighbor as yourself. My thing lately has been love yourself as your neighbor. 
because I have a hard time with loving myself. Um, this is a bit of a rabbit trail or rabbit hole here that I'm going off on, but it's okay. Um, it's what I do. I'm a, I'm a rambler. Um, because I've realized if I gave myself the same advice that I give other people, I would be nicer to myself. I'd probably be more productive in the things that I do um, rather than thinking, God, you're such a failure. Or, oh, you're, you know, I, I wouldn't say that to you. I wouldn't say that to my son. If someone came to me and said, man, I just don't feel like I'm speaking as good or I just don't feel like I'm doing this, I'd be like, well, that's because you're a failure and you should kill yourself. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say that to somebody. But I'll say it to myself. And, um, and so for lately, I've been thinking, you know, for me, it's like I've got to learn to love myself like I love my neighbor or like I love others. And so to kind of like say, no, it's, it's going to be okay, Jay. My son always pats me. And it's really cute, and he'll come up and he'll pat me on my back. Or like yesterday, there was five of us in the car, so I had to sit in between the baby seats, which is real comfortable. Went to St. Paul that way. <laughs> and uh, Milo was like tapping me on the shoulder. And I think sometimes you have to tap yourself on the shoulder and say, you know what, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it. And learn to talk to yourself the way that uh, you may talk and encourage others. It's... Um, you know, realizing that you wouldn't write off complete people over certain things uh, that you might try to write yourself off on. And uh, so that's a little nugget there for you of what I've been working on. And I can't take complete re responsibility for that. Um, I have a really good therapist. And uh, that's helped me realize that, that uh, I don't practice what I preach often. I mean, but not in the horrible way that we often think, oh, those pastors don't practice what they preach. You know, I tell everybody to love each other and love themselves and give themselves grace, and then I don't do it myself. So it's a struggle, the struggle we all have. Mental health is a real kick in the pants. But I wanted to go on and continue reading more of this. And uh, look at this verse, next verse 18, John 15, 18, in a different way than I've heard it preached before. It says, when the world hates you, remember it hated me before it hated you. The world would love you if you belonged to it, but you don't. I chose you to come out of the world, and so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A servant is no greater than, its, than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had... Listen to me, they would listen to you. The people of the world will hate you because you belong to me. And they don't know, for they don't know the God who sent me. We'll read a little bit more in a minute, but. So growing up in the church, I was always taught that this meant what the world meant was people outside of the church. And basically, sinners and people you shouldn't hang out with. That they're going to hate you because you're a Christian. And a lot of Christians use this when they go like, well, they say they, you know, we don't want to serve gays cakes. And so they hate us because we serve Jesus, you know. No, they hate you because you're, you're, you're being discriminatory, you know. People don't want to be around you because you're, you're, you're discriminating against them because they're of their 
their s s sexuality because of who they are. Um, because you don't want to sell someone a cake because they're gay. It seems a little closed-minded. And that's why they don't like you. It's not because you serve Jesus. Um, it's that maybe that you use Jesus as an excuse for a reason not to serve someone a cake is why they don't like you. But so, so often, so people will use verses like this to say, well, see, I'm just being condemned because I serve God, you know, um, because they're just, but, you know, it's like, no, you're just a, an ass. You're just legalistic. You're just mean, you know. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're a Christian. It's the maybe the type of Christianity that you subscribe to and that you have this, this counterfeit idea of what love is. And maybe you don't even realize it's counterfeit. But it's time to get one of those little markers that marks the bill or put put your salvation up into the lat and see if there's a line there. If it's actual genuine or not. Um, but let's take this into context. Who was Jesus talking about when he was saying they will hate you because you belong to me? And the world, what we say is the world now, you know, secular music and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> Non-churchgoers. But that's not who Jesus was talking about when he was talking about the world. Matter of fact, he was talking about a very small concept of the world. Probably a lot of where the Roman government was running. He's talking about, when he says the world, he's talking about government and the religious. You know, that's who he's talking about is the government and the religion. He's talking about Rome and what they're doing. They're occupying territory. And he's talking about the religious people of his day. Those were the people who hated Jesus. Were the Romans <laughs> and the religious people. The same people who shared the same religion that Jesus had. Judaism. So it was like, this was the thing, is he's saying, these are the people who will hate you because you follow me, because I'm inclusive, because I claim to be the Messiah, when, you know, so does Caesar, um, because I eat with unclean people, because I've come to call sinners, not those who think they're good enough. This is why they're going to hate you, is because you're going to love each other. That's why it goes back up to, that's why this is followed right by the verse I read beforehand is I command you to love each other the same way I love you. And we saw Jesus is continuously showing how he loves. He shows and loves in a nonviolent way. He loves in an inclusive way. He reaches out to people that make people uncomfortable. He goes into areas where he's considered a sin, you know, because he walks into places where he's considered unclean. And to be unclean was to be a sin. So Jesus was constantly hated for the people he hung out with, he spent time with, and for the things that he said. He was quite radical, and that's why he was hated, not because he was an asshole. I mean, there was times where Jesus comes off a little bit assy. I will say that. The whole crumbs from the table thing, when he has to be convinced, I'm a little like, Jesus, time to lighten up a little bit, buddy. And he does. He's moved, you know. Um, why would I give you, you know, <laughs> anyway, that's another sermon. Vince, uh, my old co-pastor actually did, I think a sermon called, 
Jesus the jerk. So maybe we'll pull that one out of the vault soon and put that up for you. Um, so that's 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 a way of of of, of looking at it. Um, goes on to say, the people of the world will hate you because you belong to me. Now remember what we just said the world was. For they don't know God who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them. But now they have no excuse for their sin. And what is their sin? It being exclusive. <coughs> uh, being occupiers. Um, being hateful, being drawing lines in the sand. Anyone who hates me hates the Father too. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs amongst them, I'm reading this just so we can keep in context of what the time and what was going on. No one else could do that. They would not be counted guilty. But as it is, they saw all that I did, yet hated both of us, me and my Father. This has fulfilled the scripture that said they hated me without cause. But I will send you a counselor, the spirit of truth, and he will come to you from the Father and will tell you about me, which is the Holy Spirit. And you must also tell others about me because you have been with me from the beginning. So he's talking to his disciples again. He's this whole time, you know. Um, Now this is what he says here. I have told you these things so that you won't fall away. For you will be expelled from the synagogues. And the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing God a favor or doing a service. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I am telling you these things now so that when this happens, you will remember I warned you. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. Now, He's saying, guys, you're going to get persecuted. You're going to get beat. You're going to get killed. And it's going to be by religious people. And it's going to be by the government. These are the people who will persecute you. Now, does this not seem like a time that we're in right now? That the government is in a place where, you know, it's persecuting you know, like for dreamers, for example, the stranger, the, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because, not because of LGBTQ people, but because it didn't welcome travelers and it didn't welcome strangers, it didn't welcome outsiders. And now all of a sudden we're not welcoming outsiders, you know. This is the type of thing. So now we're having to speak out as Christians, as the church, and as other people are doing as well, speak out and say, this is a, we, we're supposed to be inclusive. But the government doesn't want to hear that necessarily. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people in the church who don't want to hear that because they believe that the government is there, put there by God. You know, I mean, I'm having to watch my, my own father say some of this stuff, and it's really, really tough. You know, it pains me. And so I know I'm not alone. I joined a Facebook support group. I've never done that before. But it was for kids whose parents are (laughs) preachers and 
Trump supporters. And, uh, yeah, somebody talked me into it. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. I mean, I'm even an introvert online, you know. And uh, I may have said three sentences on there. But still, I did it, and I read what other people have to say. Um, and I've noticed, like, s some of the people's parents have been like, well, this generation is ungodly, and this is the rebellious generation, this generation won't listen. You know, and it's funny because this is the stuff that people will think you've fallen away. They'll think they, they're doing God a service by killing you, or they'll think they are doing God a service by writing you off, not necessarily killing you, but by saying you have no value. You know, you have, you're misguided. I mean, it, it, it's it's, you know, and for us, if we're called to love each other and we're also called to love our enemies, we're not supposed to say anyone has no value. We're not supposed to say anyone is rightly deserves to be expelled or killed or done that way. So, so we're not ever supposed to be in that category of the people saying that. It's not like we're, we can say that about the people who are saying that about us. We don't return the favor. We don't return the insult. You know, we, we take the higher road. We take another road. We take the road less traveled. We take the narrow road that we hear about in the Bible. And this is hard work. And this is the hard work that's done. Now, how do we do some of this stuff? If, if, you know, the churches kick us out, they think they're doing us a favor, think they're doing God a favor, by that and it says they've never known the father and expect these things so we should be expecting these things but you know what happens so many people fall away from the church because they feel rejected by the church so many people I know today who don't want anything to do with the churches because they're like they're the church is full of judgmental people who have conditional love who say if I don't live this way or that way that I don't that you know that God doesn't want anything to do with me or that they don't accept these people they don't love these people so I don't want anything to do with the church I'm done that's what's happening people are turned off by it. I know it because people go oh can't you say something to your father can't you change your mind I do want to say something to some of those folks like listen can you change your parents mind <laughs> you know good luck with that um, I have a feeling that I will see Milo at his current age for the rest of his life. You know? So I have a feeling that when my dad hears me going, Dad, how can you say this thing about blah, 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 he sees a chubby little, you know, skateboard kid going, how could you say all this stuff, Dad? <laughs> you know, he sees the little kid, you know? Um, I'm not changing his mind so much. I wish I could. I wish I had that power. Um, because I genuinely love him. You know, but maybe you have that power. Maybe other people have that power to do that stuff. I'm like, well, maybe the, you were saying that to me. Maybe you should write a letter. Or maybe you should drive to Missouri and go give a visit and say something, you know. 
And it's funny. We laugh and think it's ridiculous. But, I mean, those are the ways. I mean, how else are we going to do it, you know? I mean, not just my dad, but anybody. How do we change people? How do we make this difference? How do we literally start a revolution? How do we make revolution happen? How, you know, how did Martin Luther King change things? By staying in Atlanta? No. You know, he went down to Montgomery and went to jail and got beat and watched friends and loved ones die and watched and eventually himself die. You know, I mean, when we are called to this higher calling of love and loving our enemies and loving those around us, it does have consequences. It is tough, but it's told to us right here that that's going to happen, that people are going to think that they're doing God a favor by killing you or by kicking you out of the churches or by saying that you don't belong. You know, that's going to happen. And there it is. And Jesus is saying it in the same context as we're saying it today is that this is the world as what he's saying is the government and religious people will do this. They will hate you. If they hated me, they will hate you too. But he's nowhere does he say, Jesus say this is because he said, or because I've called you to a higher moral belief system. Because I've called you to separate yourselves from these people by not listening to secular music, (laughs) secular heart music. Only listen to Christian heart music. But since I'm the first Christian, it's going to take a while, so you guys are really going to have to wait. Um, or whatever the petty crap we see. Does that make sense? That's good. I heard one yes, so that's, if I can make one sense, to make sense, to one sense to one person. One penny a day. So, yeah, uh, this is something that there's really, really hit me hard and, and made me think what can we do and how, how does this this relevant and um, I've always struggled with this whole world when the world hates you thing and I mean it just hit me like a ton of bricks what is the world who is who is who is Jesus talking about and all of a sudden it was like government and religious people that's the world he was talking about. Not what the church has trained us up to believe the world is. So it takes a whole shift of thinking and seeing things in a different way. And you could think, well, Jay, are you stretching the truth here? You know, no, <coughs> you have to read the rest of the Bible and see what it says. I can't tell you if I'm stretching the truth or not. But I'm not. <laughs> In my own belief system, because um, I believe that Jesus clearly taught nonviolence and inclusion in a very beautiful way, and uh, and this is just more of it. So go out there and 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 oh yeah, how do we do this? Well, I mean, you know, we could say things on Twitter and we can say things on Facebook and we can say things 
to each other and we can join organizations and we can go on marches or we can go to a rally or we can go take donuts to street preachers. Um, we can go to uh, memorials uh, in, when when important people have passed away. Um, we can just, there's certain things, we can just do different things. But the, the thing is, is it's possible for us to make a difference. And it's possible for us to to love the way Jesus called us, to, to lay down our lives for our friends, to stand up for our friends. You know? So, it's not impossible. And so I hope this hits you in a way that it does transform you or does encourage you to speak out more. It does encourage you to get more involved in things. Uh, even if it just encourages you to read more, think more. You know? But that's that's today's message. Is um, I'll try to put it in a nutshell. Love each other. Follow Jesus' commands, which is love each other. <laughs> the side note, remember today, was love yourself as your neighbor. Try to love yourself a little bit more because that might make it a little bit easier to do some of this stuff. Try to give yourself a break. Um, what is the world here in the Bible? A government and religion. Remember, you're being persecuted because you love people, not because you're an asshole. It's because you love the wrong people, and that's who we're called to love. And, you know, what's the outcome to a lot of this is a lot of us believe and reject the church because we've missed, because because they don't realize they're being persecuted by the very people Jesus said. He says, you will be expelled from the synagogues. That is saying, you will be expelled from the churches. You will be expelled from the religious organizations. And they will think they're doing a good service by doing that, by expelling you, by pushing you away. They'll think that they're doing the right thing. So you're in good company when that happens. There's so many people I wish I could tell that to. I wish I could just call on the phone right now and be like, no, this is what's happening. You're, this was told that it would happen. This happened to the disciples, and it's happening to you. You're in, the, you're in the right group. You're not in the group that you need to run away and just give up on God. But now people are giving up on God because this is happening to them. And I can't blame them because I want to half the time, if not more, because I see stuff like this. But then I read something like this, and it re-encourages me to say, okay, this is what's happening. It was, it was foretold by Jesus. So, yeah. Encourage others and maybe remind them of this. and Love them. Love yourselves. Love others. Um, to all the folks listening online, um, if this is your church uh, and you like what Revolution's doing, we we survive through your support, and uh, we're a nonprofit. You can go to revolutionchurch.com and support us there financially. We'd much rather have you than your money 
but uh, Revolution is definitely at a point and a place where we definitely need your financial support to keep going and uh, keep moving forward. Uh, we have a lot of revisioning going on right now, some ideas of what we'd like to do. We'd like to have a website again. We'd like to be a little bit have a heavier online presence. But that, unfortunately, is not free. Now, there are some people who will say, oh, no, it's free. I'll do it for free. Um, I'll give you my experience. But usually people who say they do it for free, they never get it done. And I feel really guilty going like, hey, you who are doing this nice thing for me, can you please hurry up and get this done? You see, that doesn't always work. Um, so it takes finances to kind of make some of this stuff happen. And we want to do that more. So if you're online and you believe in what we're doing and you'd like to see us doing a little bit more online and you'd like to maybe see another Revolution website again, um, please consider making a tax-deductible donation. I hate raising money, uh, especially since we have a recording at the beginning asking for money. And the reason we have that is because I hate asking for money so much that I figured out a way to do it that someone else could do it so I wouldn't have to. But every now and then I have to. So there is my spiel. So... Thank you. Thank you for listening at Revolution. Thank you for being part of Revolution. Thank you for having us inside your ears. Hopefully you'll have a wonderful week.